What's up, guys? Welcome to the Social Bamboo Podcast, teaching only the fastest and most sustainable social media growth strategies out there. I'm your host, Derek Fidel, and today I am joined by Braden Warhurst of the company Raw Surfaces. Braden has qualified for the Podcast Listener Awards. If you don't know what that is, just listen one episode back where I explain how you can qualify and get your business on the show. But uh, Braden qualified by uh, the income way to win this award. You can win it by having a certain income in your business or a certain follower amount. He is a local service business. He does uh, polished concrete. I'll let him give you like the exact details of all the services uh, services that he does. Um, but he does. he's a local service business in Australia and his ROI for his followers compared to how much money he made is pretty insane. So we're going to talk about the strategies that he's done to build a local audience and to be able to actually get these high paying clients to afford jobs 10, 20, 30, $40,000 and beyond, and uh, what he's doing to, uh, to find these people. So welcome, uh, podcast listener, Braden Warhurst. How's it going, man? Yeah, good yourself, man. Doing great. Pleased to speak with you today. You've got an interesting perspective, like uh, none that we've had on the podcast before. I think, uh, I, I don't think I've had any local service businesses on. I think I've done a couple episodes on how to grow a local following, and I just kind of gave some, you know, use local hashtag tips and stuff like that. But we haven't actually interviewed someone who's actually doing it. So uh, before we get into your marketing tactics, go ahead and just give an overview of. Uh, what your business is and what you do. So my business is like I said, a local service-based business. We specialize in creating high-end decorative concrete surfaces, whether it's polished concrete, whether it's an overlay like a micro cement or an X-Bond, just to create architectural concrete finishes around people's houses. So it's basically trying to use like old school things like terrazzo or like Venetian plaster or stucco and stuff, but then having a modern twist with new sorts of material. So we're getting that same look, but just with the added strength and longevity of these newer materials, just to create something modern and different in people's homes. Just so we know what you're up against with your marketing here, uh, what's the competition like in your area for something like this? Are there a lot of people doing the exact same thing or are there a lot of people in your market, but then they can tell that you've got like a different approach and aesthetic to doing it? Like, are they getting a, a truly unique service or are you kind of in a, a lot of general competition with people or direct competition, I should say? I'm in a lot of general competition because... The look as much as the entry to barrier or the barrier to entry with my business is quite high in terms of startup costs. There's a lot of cheaper equipment and ways of doing it on the market. So my sort of unique proposition is I've got the accreditations, I've got the history behind me, but I just need to do a lot of work on educating customers on what they're actually going to get with the outcome. So there's a lot of education involved, and that's where the Instagram and the website and all these things come into it. So it's the same as anything. Like you can have a really good operator or you can have a really bad operator. There's good doctors, there's bad doctors. Like there's people that are just generalists, there's people that are specialists. And so I've been doing it for a long time. I didn't just go out there and just buy the equipment and say, yeah, I can do this because that's what happens. And that's what a lot of my competitors do. And they're, I've had it explained to me once before from another contractor where he goes, I'm not, my customers aren't paying me to practice. And that's what a lot of people do in these unqualified, unregulated industries. Customers are paying them to pack practice. They're not paying for the professional service. So they see this amazing photo on Instagram or Pinterest or on the internet. 
and that's what they're expecting, but they're paying a personal practice. <laughs> okay, got it. So you've got to take the route where you're positioning yourself as the the more quality option, even though it's quite a bit more expensive. So you do have a lot of competition for people that do quality work as well, but then you have a lot of people just kind of undercutting the market. That's is that a little bit more of your your main competitor? Yeah, look, they, they undercut it. Like they're still like we're still talking high dollar values. Um, it's not like they're ridiculously cheaper. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not like I'm a ten thousand dollars and they're two thousand dollars. Um, like they're, they're still up there in terms of price, but just the results just don't last. And I've seen that happen. Like I get called in to fix these projects. So yeah, like my, my position is educating customers that, Hey, this might not be the right thing for you. So at the end of the day, it's, it's cheaper for me to walk away from a job to start with than to take on a job and then have problems down the track. So going into the marketing strategies of how you actually have been able to find clients, because uh, you appeal to just the local area within probably 50 to 100 miles around you, would you say? Uh, cap it at 50. Cap it at 50. Okay. Yeah. So if, have... if I'm working more than 15 minutes away from my house, I'm annoyed. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sweet. So we got to find people right in your area. The problem with Instagram's algorithm uh, for organic posting is a lot of times if someone loves looking at polished concrete in Denver, Colorado, where I'm at, they're probably still going to see that post, uh, even though you'd love to go to Australia, people. What are some things that you're doing to make sure that you get your uh, content shown to a local audience? Um, so my strategy sort of changed a little bit as I've progressed. So when I first started, I was using a, a fair bit of paid traffic. Um, so I was using ads manager to start with. I found that the market on Facebook wasn't as strong as the market on Instagram. Like basically what I found was people on Instagram are a lot more about the aesthetics and the long-term vision where people on Facebook were just about now and cheap. And that was the sort of, that was the biggest differentiating thing. Like there's a lot more haggling going on with people from a Facebook referral. And like, I can tell all this on the back end of my website because I can see where the referrals are coming from. And if the referral comes to Facebook versus Instagram, like there was this considerable difference. Like to me, Instagram was a lot more aspirational, but in terms of how I'm keeping them like local, like yeah, to start with, it was the paid traffic with a 30K radius set around and, I picked and like depending on what I was trying to get, I'd pick and choose the um, the core demographics or like the people's interests. So like say if I was selling a pool surround, I'd be focusing heavily on like external architecture, like outdoor entertaining. So I wasn't trying to sell a pool finish. I was trying to sell what somebody would be doing with that finish. Like how is this finish going to impact that person's life? Because at the end of the day, a person's not buying a concrete floor, they're buying what they're going to do with the concrete floor. They're buying the Sunday barbecues. They're buying, they're buying, yeah, the, the end use. They're not buying the product. Um, so that, that's where I really tried to like keep the marketing targeted local. And then once that built, then it became more about referrals. And now the Instagram's sort of evolved into just being a point of reference for me because it's easier for me to upgrade an Instagram than to update a uh, website. You're absolutely right that that's not exactly what they're buying. Like they're not buying like the the concrete itself. Uh, you know, it, it it's what 
uh, that's going to do for them and uh, the feelings that they're going to get from having that in their home. Uh, something I've learned from working with you compared to a lot of other students is that you do actually love the marketing and you you really get down to the psychology of understanding um, copywriting and just a lot about marketing, a lot of different strategies. Uh, you've recommended some books to me too. Uh, is there some that you'd recommend to the audience that have really helped you get a, a good handle on marketing psychology? One of the newest ones would be They Ask You Answer, um, which is a book built all around trust-based marketing. So it's about like a, a really quick overview of like one of my initial marketing strategies was why don't I try and put out every question or like complaint that I've had since I've been in the industry and then address that in a blog post, in a website article somewhere so that I've got a physical point of reference so that I don't need to tell somebody this a thousand times. If I can create it, well, I've got a point of reference and that means everybody's got free access to it. So like the feedback that I get from people is, wow, your website was actually informative. Like I didn't feel like I was being sold. I felt like I was learning about what I was buying and now I actually want to buy it because I think it's the right thing for me. Um, yeah, they ask you into anything like Dan Kennedy is really good as well. Uh, if you look after anything copywriting, so, uh, what's it called? You've got, uh, marking for the affluent. That's, that's a really good one. And it talks about how you change your position. Um, he's got a whole heap of books. He's one of my favorite copywriters in the world. Um, but then like books just tend to lead to other books. It, true. Yeah. Uh, especially if you really like the author and you just want to keep reading more from, from that author. But Dan T Kennedy is probably one of the most reputable copywriting authors out there. What I like about him is they reference other authors. So when they reference another author in the book, then I quickly just jump on Audible and I'm like, quick, write that one down. And then, yeah. try, and find the, and then try and find the next one. That's how the rabbit hole just keeps sort of growing. Nice. <laughs> And uh, with these posts that you're promoting or you're saying you use ads manager to the people that you're showing to your local area, are you just running regular content or is this uh, with a specific call to action? And then kind of just explain of how you would say your Instagram sales funnel looks like, is it like you run this promoted post, they like it and then you like DM them or like they follow you and then they fill out a form on your website. Like it, how is the, how does the process usually go? So depending on the season or depending on what I want to sell. So like, I, I understand how my marketing cycle works. I've either got new construction, I've got renovations, and then I've got seasons. So in summer, I'm working externally. In winter, I'm trying to work internally. Um, depending on where I'm at with my pipeline, like if I need work now, I'm looking at renovation projects. If I need work six months time, I'm looking at new projects because I'm quoting them that much further out. So the way that I'm structuring my posts is... I'm using a photo that refers to what that particular person would actually want. I'm then structuring the hashtags and the core audiences around what do I think that person would actually be spending their spare time looking at. So like one thing that I've learned from like you and like other people is if I'm sitting down on the couch at night, am I going to want to look at a dusty pile of concrete? No. Am I going to want to look at like a nice aspirational house because I like architecture. Yes. So it's always been about the finish. It's always been about like, if I'm spending my spare time looking at something, what would I actually want to be looking at? Um, so yeah, like that's, that's sort of where like it's coming from. It's, 
it's focusing on the end user, how they're viewing it. So they get they hit the they hit the post. That'll then redirect them to my website. The website's got the um, like fill out a form thing. Um, they'll then send me an email, fill out a form, and I guarantee you, like, if I get forty nine website clicks, I'm generally getting five to seven form inquiries, and I'll generally convert one out of that. So like, and that more than pays for all of it. Yeah, well, like my biggest one that I've ever landed was a $58,000 project off a $49 sponsored Instagram post. And Pretty good, it, was targeted, I. it was targeted as a pull around. Like, look, granted, it was a month and a half's worth of work. Like, it's not a small job. Like, there was a lot of work involved. Yeah. But the the post was targeted as here's, here's like this really nice pull around. And it was... Um, can you imagine spending your summers here with your family? That was the caption. That was the headline. And it was just a really nice aspirational photo. Lead came through. I said to the guy when I had the site meeting with him, hey, mate, how'd you find me? He goes, I saw this really cool Instagram post of yours and I thought I'd better give you a call. Sweet. So direct, directed back, $49, yeah, um, months worth of work, locked in four months out from when I did the initial meeting. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. That's one of the biggest benefits of having a local service business, especially when you're going into one that's very proven. I do think uh, it is one of the best ways to make money. It's not that any of these businesses are easy. It's so much work. And uh, like you said, the barrier to entry is high, but you at least know like there's some very expensive jobs to be sold here. And there's a bunch of people already just like ready to buy like just waiting until they see uh, you know, get the idea from the company. Like, oh, that is how I want my backyard to be. I'll, I'll spend $50,000 on that. And then like the, the other thing that I do as well, like, so I'm trying to make my feed aspirational, but my stories show people what I'm doing. So yeah. because because the story, like it can be anything. I can just stick some music over. I can make it nice. It shows people that I'm busy. It shows people that I'm working. It, it, it continues to build that local trust. Um, where, yeah, the feed is what needs to be really aspirational and really nice. So you'll never see like an on-the-job post from on my feed. You'll only ever see the on-the-job sort of stuff on the story because that disappears. And it keeps people like more up-to-date. And, like, that, so that's I try and use the different parts of Instagram or of the medium that I'm using specific to how I think people would actually engage with the content. Hey, Bar & Grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar & Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! It... If you at least have the finished project be the start, uh, like let's say a reel, and then you would yeah. then go back through the process of you showing it, it being built, at least like starting yeah. with it, that probably makes it a little bit more acceptable. I've, I've look to be honest with you, like with the reels, like I have had some like really like not from an ROI perspective, but I think one of my most viewed posts, like look, I've only got nine hundred followers, and I think on one of the reels I put up of like a complete on the job project had. 325 likes and 15,000 views. And that was like a start to finish of like this really cool wine cellar. And like that, that one, like that's probably my best hitting post that I've ever done that had no sponsorship associated with it. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. 
there's something about showing that whole process too that completely cost justifies what you're doing for anyone that might think like, oh, that's a lot of work. I wouldn't think it would cost that much when they really see how much work goes into it. It can can make more sense of that. Oh, God, I've never had anyone complain at the end of a job. Everyone says at the start up, you only be here for a day or two. And I'm like, no, but I'm going to be for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what? Yeah, all we want is a new, yeah, new bathroom. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, so, can you think of anything else that you're doing that uh, any local service business listening, uh, whether they be like a high ticket service like this or not, or if they're just like a local pet store or whatever, they're just trying to find a local audience. Anything else that you're doing uh, that you feel like has made your Instagram organic efforts more worth it? Tell tell your story. Like think of why customers actually come to you and then gear your posting around that. Like people people want to know your story. People like there's, there's a reason why customers shop with you. So why don't you share that same messaging with everyone else? Or if you keep getting the same question come up, build content based around answering these questions so that you've got a lower barrier to entry. Like the way that I view marketing is marketing makes sales seamless. If my marketing's right, I shouldn't have to sell anyone. Like my marketing should do all the work before it even comes to it. So if someone comes to me and they go, yeah, I want to buy it for you. Like there's no, there's no question asked at that point in time. Um, so yeah, back to like how you should like build, build your Instagram, answer these questions, show the aspiration, show what the finish is. Um, like whether it's a, whether it's a shop, like show people enjoying you, uh, enjoying their life in your clothes or enjoying time with their pets. Like you're showing the, you're showing the end result. You're not showing the, Hey, here's a dress. You're showing the dress at the restaurant or like run a competition with your, with your customers. Hey, send, send us a photo of you in like, of you out and about in our clothes and the best photo wins, I don't know, a $50 voucher or like give someone an incentive to create content for you. Cause I guarantee you people want to do it. Yeah. Incentivizing it is really just how you get people to do anything. I think you can apply that to uh, any kind of marketing that you're trying to do. Even when it comes down to me asking for people to review the podcast, no one does it. Like I could get 5,000 plays. I could be like, guys, please leave a review. None of you are going to do this. Like I'm talking to you, like no matter how I say it, like it doesn't happen unless I say you get a free Instagram audit. (laughs) If you review the podcast and everyone does it right away. Like it, it, yeah, a lot of marketing is just incentivizing what you want people to do. Yeah, and like everyone, like at the end of the day, everyone's happy to help. Like, yeah, like all, all your customers, like if they're returning customers or like they're like raising customers and they're super happy, like they want to help you. They want your business to be there so they can keep buying off you. So like, so they can keep getting it. Like I know when I reviewed your podcast, it was like you asked for it and I was like, well, I actually like listening to his content. So I want his content to keep getting pushed out and keep getting better because at the end of the day, the more money you're making, the better people you can get on, the better your equipment is, like the more you can evolve your business. But if you're paying someone nothing or someone's struggling, well, they, they don't really have the position to like actually accelerate their service and keep making your life better and better and better. Yeah, true. I like the way that you put that, that they, they want to help you. They want to see your business stay around and so that you can keep helping them later. Uh, so well, if, if, yeah, if they've already got the trust with you, why would they want to build it with someone else? Yeah. Sometimes the best branding, or I'll say all the time, the best branding is doing your, 
your job really well or, or having your product or service get delivered the right way. Like you, you can't build nearly as good at branding. Like I just really like the font and their logo nearly as much as I really love that polished concrete job that they did for me. And they did it in the time they said, and, and all that is ultimately more your branding than uh, like colors and, and your website yeah. finish and such like that, that we like to look at. Like one of my favorite, like one of my favorite things is when you say like somebody's like about me, it's like, we're a small family run business. So like 95% of the businesses in the country like, people <laughs> don't care if you're a small family run business. Like it's a nice story that like you're helping some small family out, but uh, I don't care if you're a small family run business. Like if I want my air conditioning fixed, I want my air conditioning fixed. Yeah. I want to know that you're going to be the best person to fix it. And my air conditioning is going to work perfectly again. Like, that's the stuff that I want to hear about. I don't care about your family or your cat or your dog or like your background or your history. Like, unless it's relevant to what you're actually delivering me. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people like to look at the branding. At, it's a very common one, like small business, support small business, as if, you know, you can just sell dirt an, and, and then yeah, say like that's support an small business and it works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, I think one time I said, uh, pe people love to buy from small businesses almost as they like to buy whatever they want, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, or excuse me, something at a great deal, regardless of where it's coming from. So if, if there's like a better deal from someone else, they're, they're not really going to care where the money's going to. But here's where like, I flip it with like the small business thing. So if I go to somebody's house for a meeting, I'll say, they'll, they'll say to me, also, like, how big of a team you're running? I'm like, look, right now it's just me. So you're not going to be dealing with me, getting this really professional service up front, and then having a bunch of really rough guys rock up to do your job, and it doesn't come out the same way that like I've been speaking about right now. Like, you are dealing with me. So that's how I've sort of tried to split the small business position by saying, okay, we're a small business, but now you've got the trust with me, and I'm the person completing the work. So. It's not focusing on the business, it's focusing on the trust, it's focusing on the outcome. Like that's the way that I try and change it or position it. That's a great way to 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 turn it into a, a sales point as well. Uh, you know, all these unique things about your business. If you are a solopreneur, that can be used in your sales pitch. I, I similarly do that because there's a lot of people who sell coaching that uh, one, I'll say like, Hey, book a call with me. And then the, the call is not even with me, right? It's someone on the team and you buy the coaching program. It's not even me teaching the coaching program. Like a lot of the really big coaches, like that's what happened. So that's part of my sales pitch as well, that it is going to be actually me, uh, doing that. So that's, that's great leverage that pretty much any solopreneur can use. Uh, Braden, uh, I think we covered all the main stuff that I wanted to hear from you. And, uh, I, 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 we, we got some extra great bits from you at the end there. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, so raw underscore surfaces on Instagram um, and www.rawsurfaces.com.au. Um, yeah, if anybody's ever after yeah, polished concrete or cleaning and maintenance supplies for polished concrete or concrete overlays, yeah, have a chat. I'm happy to yeah, have a speak to you about like how we can actually help or if it's the right product for you. Awesome, man. Well, Brayden's a total badass, guys. I have worked with him for uh, a number of months uh, in the past and uh, really got to know the guy and he really knows his stuff, uh, not just in 
he's got great work ethic. I mean, he, he's always on the job. You can watch the stories, but this guy's a real smart marketer and he's doing a lot of great things on social media. So go uh, check out his account at the minimum to just get a feel for uh, the account that we talked about today and go take a look at uh, the posts that he's doing and, and the, the ones that have a lot more views that he's talking about. Uh, it's at raw underscore surfaces. And uh, yeah, shoot him a DM and let him know what you thought of today's episode. And again, if you would like to come on the show, make sure you listen to one episode back from here and learn how you can uh, qualify for the Podcast Listener Awards. All right. Thanks so much, guys. And thanks for coming on, Braden. Thanks, Derek.